So we've had a, quite a busy time last uh, few weeks. Lots of meetings, discussions, lots of people, changing places, changing situations, you know, things to try and figure out. So some good business meetings where you you know you had to listen to five or six opinions on various topics and arrive at some sort of sense of uh, agreement or conclusion, uh, recognizing you know, the variety of ways in which people sp- perceive and experience things. You know, even in something you think would be fairly um, not in common, you know, group of summoners, and yet uh, this thing sometimes these groups of about 15 or 20 people, you see a whole range of takes on what's actually what's happened what's supposed to happen you know how things are and what to do about it you know very quite fundamental ex- um, expressions uh, so wow well, uh, so it can be quite busy but it's also um, I think actually quite conducive really because you do see or you do get to make you know the point comes home how relative all our positions are and how I can't really see anything other than from my position but uh, my position is just my particular position it's a kind of bit of uh, you know challenging sometimes to realise just how how limited one's uh, one's mind is on a certain level you know Kind of how conditioned it all is, how I see things in accordance with things that interest and uh, please me or disappoint me or frustrate me or drive me nuts or just can't relate to at all. Uh, and other people see a completely different set of of those values, you know, played on different in different ways. You know, wow, goodness me, no wonder life's like this. Uh, you know, 
even down to the way that certain people seem to really want to engage with things and get on with it, and other people just much more, well, let's sit back and you know, not comment on that and let things settle. You know, some people are much more dynamic, if you like, and some people are much more kind of reticent or reclusive. Um, some people want to kind of talk it all out. Other people say, oh, you know, just let things be. Uh, you see all these kind of ways in which uh, people feel most comfortable or most interested in in uh, in reaching um, conclusions or places of resolution. So it does very much kind of take one into one's own karma, one's own patterning, one's own programs, uh, one's own makeup, and you know, and then witness other people's stuff. Well, that's that's the way he is. That's the way she works. That's the what. Well, you know, and uh, finally, a kind of strange sort of feeling of 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 companionship in this in the shared. Confusion. I mean, it's not not necessarily radically confused. Not people running around in circles, going potty, but some sense of just realizing how how dissonant life is. How 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 many differences there are. How the kind of sense of frustration or exasperation, or not quite getting it, or feeling left out, or why is it going like that? You know, or what's he talking about? You know. <laughs> standard <laughs> experience and yet we kind of think there's something wrong yeah, you know and it shouldn't be this way but actually well maybe it may say something wrong maybe it shouldn't be this way but it does seem to keep being this way um, you know and you know, that, that's not to say one you know shouldn't do anything or relate to that but that seems to be the, very much the kind of the Sabhava dukkha, the dukkha of of what we experience. This, I think, you know, if you go through a day, you know, just recognize how many times in that day one's felt, oh, I don't like that, or don't get that, or why do you have to do it that way, or she's a bit off, isn't she, or it's strange, you know, some little kind of jolts of things not being quite the way that one would see it. Mm. This is being truthful. And so he was asking me a while back one of the people who'd become an abbot fairly fairly recently, you know, within the last four or five years, so a person had taken on the that particular role, and he said, does this, you know, is it possible to be, is that the end of Dharma practice, you know? <laughs> he was having a rough patch. <laughs> is that the end of meditation and samadhi? Because he was kind of rushing around trying to get everything working and always overwhelmed with all sorts of stuff. And uh, so there was a few few other abbots there, and we could, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's like that. You know, what do you what do you say? Yes, no, but actually, say yes, it's like that. That feeling of, oh goodness, can't manage. You know, it's like that, and and that sense of truthfulness. You know, a relative truthfulness. Saying it is like that. 
actually it becomes a point whereby the mind actually finds a piece of ground. It's no longer kind of rolling, rocking, tumbling around, blaming oneself, blaming others, running away, distracting. It's like this, isn't it? The satya, the sense of truthfulness, as a place for, for samadhi, for meditation, for centering, centering on the truthfulness of it all. Because, you know, what I, I find in, in the, you know, the moments when it, it, I, it, I come through, the times I do come through and struggle and flounder around, and then, you know, there's a point at which one comes through, it is in that truthfulness and not in trying to make it other than this. We're trying to fix it, change it, resolve it, you know which is often a kind of uh, um, an inability to, to handle you know, conflict, struggle, disappointment, frustration. Mm-hmm. And the place where one, it's like this, it's truly li- it's like this, then the mind settles and in its settling a greater potential arises, in my experience. Yeah. So, in the acceptance or the being with or the, the truth, you know, when you start to boil down all these disparate topics that can be, you know, it can be one's health isn't right, and then things aren't working very well, and then you're in some kind of strange frictional relationship with other people or you're disappointed by this particular thing, you're doing something you don't have to do. And at first your mind keeps going on these topics of, you know, you know struggling with them, wrestling with them. And then when you, you know, it seems to me the process of Dhamma is, is a simplification where you just come back to the root summary of that, of that experience kind of feeling pushed in or feeling groundless. And that moment of truth, then the ground of truth arises. You get a sense of, ah, oh, right. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. It's kind of we're making life itself a meditation technique. <laughs> Once when Ajahn Chah was asked to, what, what technique of meditation he taught, you know, you have these quite uh, systematic approaches to, to ways of meditation, you know, pasana stages and so forth, levels of samadhi. And he said, they asked him what technique he taught. And he said, I, I teach frustration. I frustrate my disciples. Now, I don't think this, you know, I don't know what that means, but it has a ring of truth to it. You know, or in fact, you know, we come to that, 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 you know, the the truthfulness of it all, truthfulness of experience and then your mind stops running around and proliferating 
And then it starts to open to another potential. And I think as we all recognize, you know, you always articulate it, but generally the mind is either moving forwards, you know, into what it can to do and go and get there and make this happen in the future and so forth. Or sometimes in lots of different directions. Or it's moving backwards, getting away, you know, remember the past, get away. Moving backwards, moving forwards, you know. And there, it, but when that movement, it's always the movement of, of that's that's aligned with suffering, with uh, running, with fu- with uh, trying to, you know, get out or make something happen. Or and then there's also the truth that the mind can open; it doesn't have to move forward or back. It can just open. As it opens, this is where the greater potential arises, which isn't a potential that's purely based upon doing, although doing's part of it, it's in there, but it's about widening, uh, being present, embracing, being with. You know, We find in that simple phrases, many different qualities start to spontaneously arise. And this, of course, is why this handling of suffering is not just kind of something we do you know, uh, in a glum way, but actually the Buddha taught this, it seems to me, because in the handling of suffering, the true grandeur of the mind is revealed, the true beauty, the true strength. We start to experience tolerance, equanimity, compassion, strength, clarity, insight, release. Many, many beautiful things start to occur. Because in a way, you know, you've backed the becoming mind, the mind of going forward and going back, you've backed it into a corner, it's stuck. And then it has to start to open up. It's the only thing it can do. And of course, uh, you know, uh, there's a tremendous, uh, the habit is very strong to not do that. So, you know, we do, the mind does tend to, you know, want to escape, get out, go on, make something else. You know, create something else, create something else, create something else. You know. And so the, the, often the force that, that checks it, it experiences a kind of deep frustration and disappointment. Yeah. And that's the force of being held in the corner. Yeah. And we don't like that. And it does take a lot of... Uh, of uh, sometimes self-discipline, but actually you recognise that's kind of what life tends to do when you look at it. You know? We all are, I'm sure, uh, something in all of us is a problem. Something all of, in all of us has got some unresolved thing, something we're not completed with yet, or something that's really disappointing or irritating or saddening, or you know, and then that's that's the bit, isn't it? That we kind of want to get round. So certainly in uh, you know in community life, this is is is, is um, you know the volumes turned up really on this particular experience because you know, for a start we live under a discipline training discipline, vineyard discipline. So something's kind of holding the mind into a particular pattern 
and what it, you know, kind of blocking off some of the foxholes that it like to bolt down. But then on top of that, you know, there's the discipline of being, you know, in a, in a, in a community, in a sangha, which means other people, you know. And that's, that's an enormous uh, discipline in itself, being in or being with others. Uh, and then we have routines. You know, so the time, the time uh, line is also monitored and held. You know, <laughs> so you see that in some way the vinya kind of tempers or holds in one's sort of pleasure, uh, free will pleasure. You know, to, tends to proliferate. It's kind of held in, and then uh, being with other people means one senses of of uh, you know self direction tend to be curtailed, we've got to operate somehow within a group context. It's like, you know, running a three-legged race, but instead of, a, instead of two people tied together, it's like 15 people tied, with one leg tied with the other leg, hobbling, jumping and hobbling along, <laughs> trying to go at the same pace, <laughs> roughly. Yeah. And then you have the sense of also the routines. So these kind of thick, all these things, as a basic thing before anything else happens on top of that. So, in a way, it's, it's a certain intensity to it because of that. Yeah. And, you know, this to me is, uh, by itself, it becomes a, a tool, actually. You think, why do we do this? You know, it's better if we just kind of be off my own and not to bother with fitting in with other people and find my own thing, you know, if, you know, feel good with, feel pleasant with, that's the way I'll get the best results. Maybe so, you know, I don't know. Um, but what I do realise to to my surprise is is how that being being held, being in, being you know, does have good results. It starts to address things like to me the you know what samadhi is about. You know, sometimes when in these active situations and being, you know, when you're not able to choose the nice place that you feel comfortable and peaceful and calm, you know, you feel, well, that's good bias to samadhi. But I don't think so. I think it's just approaching it through another, another way and helps one to get clear about what, what really is the, the whole point of samadhi. And uh, uh, in my understanding and my sense of it is is that the, the hallmark of it is the removal of the five hindrances. That's the entry. That's the gate in. Um, you know, you know there's that, the ill will. The, the ill will, which can be just a grudging or real, you know, something more strong. The craving, uh, either covetousness, ambition, or sense desire. Um, dullness, Lethargy, torpor, restlessness, and and doubt or uncertainty, havering, wavering, dithering, yeah. And these are the turbulences. These are the kind of sometimes it's likened to the the muck you get on a pool, whose nature is actually quite beautiful and bright, but it's got algae and slime and and or it's it's rippling. It's kind of got lots of waves on it, rippling around, and it's got muck on it of some kind or another. And all these different disturbances of the pool are analogous to the five hindrances. Mm. 
when the, the pool itself is actually has the potential to be bright and clear and still, but all this stuff mucking it up. So the removal of the hindrances is the pool is still and it's free from this slime and algae and, and muck of general, general kinds. And then naturally in that, this is what we call samadhi, is the still, clear mind. Still, clear, clean mind. Now when you practice with uh, the frustrations and the disappointments and uh, uh, all the, the, those things we, we experience, you know, yeah, one well, of the first things one experiences is kind of ill will. Or des- desire of something. You know, frustrated, it'd be nice to have one of those so I could get out of this tensed up, frustrated feeling if I could have the thing or the taste, or the idea, or read the book, or, you know, find the thing that would take me out of this craving. Or we just get dull, you know, sluggish, can't really put my heart into this, feeling fed up, you know, it's a lethargic, low-energy state. Or we feel restless, scattered. Or we feel a sense of doubt, like, what am I doing here? Is this going to work? I, I, I can't see how this... I'm a mess. I can't see how this going to happen. I'm not, I, don't, I, can't find, I can't get any ground here. I can't get in touch with it. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that happen at that place when we're meeting suffering, isn't it? Yeah. You just notice in how it happens for you. And the place, uh, the, the, the moment of, of recognition, you know, where instead of going out onto the various topics, we, we actually recognize the energies that the mind, what the mind is doing. Feeling sour, feeling needy, feeling bitter, feeling dull, lethargic. Mm-hmm. This is the place where you start to touch into truth. And Within that, there's a sense of the mind gradually finding the ground of truth, the ground of its own honesty, the ground of its non-resistance, the ground of its non-indulgence, its non-fondling, its non-proliferation, and it starts to simplify, and the energies of that simplicity and the honesty and the directness of that become the energy that is samadhi. It starts, and these things start to peel off. Because it's, uh, you know, when you recognize what the, the hindrances and afflictions are as direct experiences, whatever's causing them, whoever's doing it to me, or whatever's happening, these are basically energies moving in the mind, aren't they? They're perceptions and feelings and drives and resistances. You can feel them swirling around. And when you actually directly experience them very fully, you can feel them in your body, certain tensions or, or um, stale places, you can feel them that way. Mm-hmm. So these really are, are, have an energetic uh, expression. You know, when I say energy, I don't mean the dynamic. I mean they, they have a kind of mobile, non-verbal quality to them. 
they're not, there's an emotional quality, it was also a sense of being moved and pressed and resistance and whirling and speeding up or slowing down or like that, that sense, yeah? Now you can't cut energy out, you can't sort of, if you try and shut it all down, then you're using energy to, the energy of suppression against against the energy of the affliction. So, you know, you're dividing yourself. And, you, you know, when I, certainly when you try and do that, what happens at the time is the affliction's got more energy in it than your willpower. <laughs> but it's like you're fighting against yourself. And, but then, then there's sort of the, the, the act of acknowledgement. It's like this means in the act of knowledge that we're not adding more to that, we're not explaining it, justifying it, um, you know, making a big deal out of it. Uh-huh. And that seems to be, that act of acknowledgement, act of truthfulness, is the moment where energy ch- turns around. Instead of going out, it starts to come back into here and now, into presence, and the mind stops its trying to move forward or back, it gets the sense that in this sense of direct presence, there's there's another dimension. And that's the dimension where the mind starts to open up. So it's uh, often, it's a matter of sometimes quite a lot of time actually sifting through all all this stuff to really get to the, to the, the, the sense of of where where we can be truthful. Just noticing my own experience, and there's uh, uh, you know difficulties. Then the 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 the, the, the initial response is a reaction. Oh no, I don't want this. Oh dear, why should I do this? Oh, I'll try and make something happen. Or oh, it's. It's his fault, or it's them, or it's that, you know, a reaction. And generally in their reaction, there's a sense of either myself, or another, or a situation, and the feeling of, bah, you know, like that. out of that reaction comes that. And as long as that, that, that kind of world pertains of people and things, and myself, and, you know, and, and uh, what I need, or what, I, what I'm, my inadequacies, or whatever, guilt, or anxiety, or justification going on then it nothing, doesn't, nothing really resolves no matter how valid those justifications and those can be it doesn't resolve, it doesn't take me out and yet it's pretty good at doing that the mind, pretty good at doing that histories and stories and rights and wrongs and account sheets of you know Totting it all up. But that's not the way of samadhi. That's not the way of concentration. It's not the way of unity. It's not, not the way of, of simplicity. It's not the way of, of directness. <sighs> Probably the most useful uh, form of frustration is frustration with other people. Partly because in Sangha life, you know, you're committed to being, in some sense, always with other people. You know, the very sense of Sangha literally means that which is assembled. 
you know, that was put together. It's a group. You've always got to be with other people, other monks, other nuns, lay people. You're always with other people. So the frustration that's a natural feature, I don't you know, I sound miserable like this, is the only feature, but there's always that, that tint of it, sometimes strong feeling of the frustration. Because you can't, you know, you can't really get away from the scent from others. You know, you can change who the others are, but you can't get away from being with people who, at some time or another, you're not in agreement with you, it doesn't quite work, you can't see what she's talking about, why is he always doing that, you know? <laughs> and not only that, but you, you recognise, at least I recognise, along with that sense of frustration, there's also the sense of, of fellowship, and respect, and care, and concern, and warmth, and affection. You get these two messages riding alongside each other. You know, it's, it seems eminently possible to feel irritated with people and like them at the same time. And that's part of it, that wouldn't it be nice if you know, in a genuine seat, sense of welfare and well-wishing and, and affection for people, would it be nice if we could just everybody, we'd all just really, really agree on everything together. And then all that, then there'll be no... <laughs> because we all mean well, we all get enlightened, we all, you know, love the Dhamma and we all da-da-da-da-da. And we all, you know, want to help each other. Wouldn't it be nice if, because all that good stuff's going, so wouldn't it be nice if you could just all, you know, run on the, dance at the same tune, you know, operate at the same rate. And then, oh dear, why is he... <laughs> I mean, if you really didn't, didn't like people at all, it'd be, it'd be a lot easier. <laughs> you know. But, but that doesn't see that isn't the case. I think we all have a natural sense of uh, warmth or intention for warmth and kindness and and uh, appreciation and compassion and helping each other and stopping suffering. And yet we also recognise human beings are, are the greatest supports, the greatest sense of comfort, and also the greatest aff- afflictions, the greatest sense of irritation. And you put the two together, that's what I call real frustration, you know. <laughs> if it's all bad, you say, oh, okay, get rid of it. That's the answer. But it isn't. There's no answer. There's no answer. You know, the mind, you can't say, they're wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong, wrong. You can't do that. So in that sense, there's no answer. It's just to be with the, the difference, the, the differencing and that that not quite communicating, not quite getting the message, not being able to really understand, not fully being there. You know, oh dear, um, and, oh, this is where we all are. So, to me, that's the sense where, where one really recognizes that what it's doing. You know, the 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 hindrances start to drop away because the mind 
senses that the creation of people and events and alternatives is is not going to be not going to be any answer to that. The answer to it is in letting go, isn't it? You know, a simple phrase, and yet it's not a denial. It's not a cave in. It's not a submission. It's not a feeble thing. It's the the bravest thing because it's a letting go into being present with the conflicted. You know, being present with the conflicted without judgment or justification. Right? You know, that's where out of that extraordinary crucible a sense of spaciousness, compassion arises and we get the sense, the real sense of what seem to be me is just different energies happening what seem to be the situation is just various perceptions happening what seem to be other people is just various sankharas and formations arising in 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 my mind and heart five aggregates and there it is. And anything more one puts into it will be just more of the same. More of the same. So this is the stillness of the mind. It centers in the inevitable, in the in the truthfulness. And it's a truthfulness that isn't, isn't a samadhi that's kind of focused on one particular physical object or even mental state, but it's focused on release, focused on letting go, focused on that, that place, that moment, that potential that we have. And a potential that above all is perhaps the one potential, the only potential that we could ever fully realize and bring to fulfillment. The rest of it we get percentages on, but the fulfillment, the potential for release is the only one that you can ever fully realize. And for that, it's worth struggling for, experiencing the struggle for, sieving through the struggle, getting to the point of it all. And of course, what, 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 how one acts upon that is, of course, dependent on each individual. You know, what, what action comes out of that is a kind of a choiceless action. What we do or say or stop doing or pick up and do is something that comes after that. So it's always that case in the present presentation. It's the release gives rise to the the action, not some action that gives rise to release. But the release is just this centering into truthfulness, letting go, and then we see the thing we need to do or say or act comes out of that. So in a way, um, 
know, the Samana life or is certainly something whereby there is this potential for it. And as a Samana life is, is really just a particular, um, you know, permutation of human life. It contains the elements that all beings, all human beings have, our ability to um, be clear, ability to be mindful, our sense, and it, it's in the same kind of sphere that human beings live in, the sphere of, of action and relationship and birth and death and neat things to do and having nothing to do, you know, in the realm of suffering. It's, uh, you know, this is possible for all of us. I think what Samra life does is it just keeps, it intensifies it and keeps pointing it and banging it home and there's not a lot else in it apart from that, apart from those four noble truths. Mm. Anyone 